0: What's up, everybody? It is Austin. I'm just recording this kind of as a quick intro to the episode you are going to hear today. It is Wednesday, which means we have a brand new episode coming out for you. Um, I filmed this as part of my other podcast, which is a lacrosse-specific podcast that I do for my company called Everything Lacrosse. You guys should check it out. It's awesome. Um, But So this interview just comes from an interview that I did for that podcast. So I want to let you know when I talk about we or when I talk about following us on our social media platforms, I'm, I'm speaking specifically um, to those Everything across fans. But that being said, I think this episode and the story that we captured was just uh, too good not to share with you all uh, being a story-centric podcast. And I think you all will enjoy it. So, that being said, I hope you enjoy my sit-down interview and conversation with Alex Sieber, a lacrosse player for the Hungarian national team who just got back from Israel where he was in the 2018 World Championship Games. Enjoy, everybody. Hey, what's up, guys? We are back. We are officially right now recording our interview with Alex Sieber, uh, a Hungarian-born American citizen. Well, you weren't born in Hungary, but you're from Hungary. You're like a second generation. Second generation in the second generation in the US. All right. So he got the opportunity to play in the twenty eighteen World Championship games over in Israel with Team Hungary and we're just gonna sit down and talk about his experiences, talk about some stories for the next thirty minutes to an hour and hear what it's like. Alex, it's it's good to have you on.
1: Thanks for having me, Austin.
0: Alex, the first thing that I want to ask you about and we're going to give a shout-out here on our Instagram account. Probably the most famous, famously active lacrosse social media account right now is the Fighting fighting Pastries from, I mean, they're not, they're the Danish, the Danish national team. Yeah, the Danish. So did you, they said on our Instagram account that you needed to shout them out. Did you get to play against them? Did you get to interact with them, experience them? What was that like?
1: Uh, We had some experience with them during the um, closing ceremony, the last game. Our, uh, my team got kicked out of the closing ceremony. <laughs> they told us to uh, s- sit back down. They can't kick us all out. So, so it was
0: the fighting pastry team. It was a fighting pastry team that said to sit back down. They can't kick us all out.
1: Yeah, it was the fighting pastry team.
0: <laughs> so, did you get to like play against them? Did you have any other interaction with them besides besides that? Did you get to watch them at all? Like anything you could tell us about uh, the team that's kind of blowing up on Twitter? On Twitter and Instagram. He's checking his notes. He's got a notepad right now. But, no, this is just our shout-out to the Fighting Pastries. You guys are awesome. Keep killing it. We love that. We love that you follow us here at Everything Lacrosse. We love that you um, – we love what you're doing for the game. You guys are definitely definitely um, following along with the mission of Grow the Game that Lacrosse All-Stars has put out, and it's super awesome to see see you guys thrive, and I hope you all are doing well.
1: Alex, did you get to experience them a little bit more? Or um, We watched them scrimmage uh during the week where everyone was practicing we watched them scrimmage and we scrimmaged puerto rico and Colombia, but that was all i got to see from them how how were they how were they skill wise how were they like talent wise what was it like watching them they're pretty good they're pretty good they have uh, a really good stick skills they could pass and catch and everything so that's that's all it takes they got some shooters
0: (laughs) yeah man that's all it takes they're fighting pastries i mean the fighting pastries shout out to the fighting pastries we love you guys keep doing your thing uh, Alex, so what a lot of people may not know uh, that may be tuning in this podcast is that we are college we are college teammates. That's how we, we said we had the opportunity to sit down with Alex Kind of like you're just passing through but no you like I see you every day at classes. yeah uh, we have practice together. So but I remember last year at a point you said that you were eligible to play for the games because we talked about me um, having having family from Poland. Uh, I'm a generation away like I'm a generation away from being eligible to play for them and you said that you were eligible and I was like, that's insane are you are you gonna go play in the world games And you said no and I kind of want to know like just kind of the backstory of how of how that all changed uh, like was it like a parent thing and then all of a sudden they were like oh yeah now you can go did they like I, I don't know just what 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 changed from you saying no I'm not gonna go to all of a sudden you're in Israel uh, killing it at the world games
1: uh, it was definitely a, a parent thing. My, uh, my mom was kind of scared <laughs> to send me over to Israel. Yeah. But um, I, I decided to go there because it's a pretty big dream of mine to compete at that level. And showing pride with for my country, that like where my heritage is from. And so I got the opportunity to go. And my dad was really proud. My mom was really proud. My whole family was pretty proud, especially mm-hmm. my grandpa. He still lives over there in Hungary. Those are show prawn, and um, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool getting to go over there. I know that some people don't really get that experience, so
0: it's pretty mm-hmm.
1: crazy. No, that's that's awesome to hear. I, I was excited uh, to be able to
0: to watch you play as one of my teammates. As just as just not only as one of my teammates, that was super awesome to watch you play and, and see the growth in your game from last spring to the world games but I think it was also just cool in general that I could watch uh, uh the Hungarian national team play like just as a, as a purely lacrosse like base fan we're, we're usually watching Johns Hopkins versus Syracuse we're watching Maryland versus like North Carolina and those are the only games we get to watch but for this whole tournament through like ESPN plus and through like links on Twitter and stuff we could watch Hungary play like the the, the hungry play Ireland. you know what I mean? It wasn't just U.S. versus Canada, U.S. versus Iroquois. It was the opportunity to watch you guys play, and so, and so that was awesome for all of us. And I was I was super excited for that, and that's awesome to hear. Alex, one one thing I want to go into um, we'll kind of talk about we'll kind of talk about the lacrosse field aspect of it right now like your, your skills and wh- where you grow I mean where you grew and like what was your favorite game and stuff like that and then I want to get into kind of like your experiences around like going to Jerusalem and stuff like that but uh, I but I think we'll start with the lacrosse field what was like kind of your goal um I don't want to say that you guys thought you were going to win the whole the whole thing but I, I don't want to bash you guys and be like everybody knew team hungry wasn't wasn't winning the championship so I'm trying to like be politically correct here What was the team's goal going into the games like these when you know like, you're not even in the blue group? So, like, are you just trying to succeed? Like, what's success for you guys? What did you guys see as success?
1: Well, it was our first year showing out, so we were just trying to get a a positive record at least. Mm -hmm. And we ended up coming out uh, 28th in the world out of 46 teams. There was supposed to be 48, but two teams dropped out. Um yeah, our record was four and four, so we were pretty happy with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we played some pretty tough teams. We played Sweden twice, we lost both times, and then mm-hmm. we played Hong Kong, and we lost them. But their program has been around for twenty six years. Mm-hmm. Ours has been around since I think two thousand thirteen or fourteen. So, but um, yeah, we were pretty we were pretty thrilled with our like with how we came out of the tournament, and hopefully we'll. See better results in the future, too. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, um, we we talked earlier uh, before this podcast. Did you say that you had to be in, like, the top 30 to get an automatic, like, qualification in the next tournament? Are you guys qualified to be in the, what, these were 2018, so in the 2022 games, are you guys qualified
1: to be there? I don't know if that was a rumor for just the top 30 teams, but I was hearing that it had to be top 30 to go to Canada for the next World Games. So if that is true, then we did make... Top 30 is 28, so I guess we will be qualified for the next game. Hey, that's awesome, man. So I want to I want to kind of get into like
0: you as a player. So um, we play together. Uh, you, you, you're a super quick, MIDI When you when you want to turn on the Jets, you're one of the best players on the field. Um, what what was kind of your goal going against all of a sudden? So you were a freshman in college last year. So not only the big change of I'm playing high school seniors um, and like juniors to switching to one of the best conferences in Division II, the GMAC, with teams like Seton Hill, Mercyhurst, Lake Erie. So so that's a bump up. And then all of a sudden, a few months after that, a few months after going against like Greg Whale, who just, I think, is, I think that's how you pronounce his last name. There's a defender from Mercyhurst. His name is Greg. His last name, I think, is Whale. Spelled W-E-Y-L. So we played against him. He got drafted by the Florida Launch. And then all of a sudden, not only is that a big step, then all of a sudden you're going up and you're playing internationally, like in a different country. So what was... What was kind of your goal at the start of the year maybe before your maybe before your college career even started? And then going into these international games, where did you want to see improvement like yourself as a player? Did you want to work more on your left hand? Did you want to, like did you want your um, your cardio to improve? like talk about that and then talk about what, like, what whether you met
1: that goal or not? So this might sound weird, but um, I'm really indecisive usually on the field. and so doing all this, I gain a, a lot of confidence. And while I'm gaining my confidence to play on the field and make decisions really fast, I'm also like gaining my stick skills, and like know how to dodge and when to dodge and what what is open after I'm dodging and when to shoot and how to place it. Like it's all coming together with the confidence. So as as my confidence is building up on the field, so are my skills like with my stick. Mm-hmm. So as long as I keep playing with things that I know are like really big. Like it just boosts my, mm-hmm. boosts my ego or confidence. So so
0: you like you like to play like with you like to play challenge like you like to be challenged.
1: Yeah, I like to play pretty challenged. Sometimes I wouldn't say the best, but like I would like to play against people that I know are really good because mm-hmm. if, when you're playing against people that are really good, even though if you're getting like killed, you're mm-hmm. still like you're still getting better. It's bettering you.
0: Yeah, no, that that that's kind of like that that age-old saying of like. Like the little, the little brother versus the big brother. And the big brother is like, I'm not going to take it easy on you because you're not going to get better. And so if, if if the little brother just plays like bad people, we'll, we'll go in my life personally. Like I was a big high school basketball player. Um, grew up in a, like a basketball family. And my older brother was really good. Scored 1,000 points in high school. And I would play one-on-one versus him. And he, he wouldn't let me score. I don't think I scored on him until I was like 13 years old. We probably started playing when I was around like 7 or 8. And so I didn't even like. I he would just block me to like half court, and then he would just run me over and like drive and make a layup. And he goes like, "Believe it or not, like you're getting better by playing me and losing than like if you're playing against your friends and just beating them up." You know what I mean? So like it kind of it's kind of like what you're saying. Like you you rise to the occasion because you know if if you could play with these guys, you could play with anybody. And so I want to that you know that's just a really good point. Uh, so what kind of what was the most memorable on-field experience that you have? Like, what was what was the game you remember most? What was the moment you remember most? Whether it was like sticking a corner, I saw on Twitter. There's a highlight. There's a highlight where you like, um, where you yard sale the guy with a wraparound check. So like, what? I guess it's kind of two questions because I want to hear both, and I hope they're kind of not answered the same. What What do you remember most, like on the field? Maybe it's just that check. And then, what was your favorite game that you played and why? So
1: kind of two questions there. Um. My favorite, my favorite moment on the field was our second time playing against Sweden, and I'm not a big person that to dodge behind X, but I went behind X. I made a move. There was a perfect window, like at the perfect time, and I decided to throw it, which is really different for me because I'm super indecisive with these decisions, and it went straight into the um, Jason stick, number 15 on my team, and. Um, he he! Quick, sticked it right into the goal, top left, and it, we scored. And that was the first point on the board for uh, Hungary in the game. The second game against Sweden, and then my favorite game that I remember is um, Hungary versus Russia. We beat them by one. That was a really big game because that's like, um, it's like I would say it's a really big um,
0: political rivalry.
1: Like I <laughs> wouldn't know if it would be political, but I, we could say that political rivalry i guess we could say that yeah but uh yeah my my grandpa was really happy (laughs) when we told him that we beat him he was uh he was cheering for us he was watching us he's 96 or 97 i think wow he's pretty old but he lives in hungary you said yeah he lives in Chopron, hungary and he was pretty excited yeah my dad told him and they were both cheering they're all both watching at the same time yeah that's pretty cool
0: so was that just your favorite game because you won or were there like specific moments where you're like wow this is like kind of like what my dream for lacrosse is like you know what I mean like there there are sometimes where you'll score a big goal or like you'll have a big assist and you'll be like this is this is my favorite game for this reason was it just the fact that you won or like was it a back and forth game take us through
1: kind of that game with Russia it was a it was really a back and forth game we were answering it was each goal by each team was getting answered over and over again until we held possession during the last couple of minutes, and we scored, and um, we won the game. We took the game. And um it's pretty big because we were fighting the whole time. We didn't give up, and we only had a certain amount of players. Cause, mm-hmm. so, and their team was like – their team had a, a full bench for mm-hmm. subs and everything. So once we beat them, you know, like the movie uh, Miracle on Ice and stuff, it was kind of like that. <laughs>
0: Yeah, no, I, I. It's funny that you mentioned I So it's just, I guess, everybody wants to beat the Russians. I guess that's <laughs> <Yeah. Every laughs> the goal, in, in whatever sport you play, um, Alex, what was kind of your role on Team Hungry this year? Because I saw that you're playing a little bit of defensive midfield. You said you dodged from X. So, uh, as as when we play in college together, you're you're an offensive midfielder. I would say, what was what was it like? um and what was kind of your job description playing with team hungry with you know guys who may have been the same age as you I haven't looked at your roster really so I don't know there may have been high school age guys or maybe have been some college age guys and there may have been some guys in like their 30s and 40s so what was kind of talk about the team dynamic a little bit and, and where you fit in and all of that
1: um we have guys actually from all around like all different ages so um it was pretty interesting playing with everyone, but uh, it was uh, it was really cool and good experience at the same time. My role on the team, I would say, would be to possess the ball, like be smart with it, and just make the right plays. Don't push anything. Don't like take shots that you don't need to take, which is really good for me because that's that's when it like that's when I learned when to shoot the ball and like mm-hmm. when to pass it or who to pass it to, and like what to look for. So that's it's pretty good for me, and I learned from that. So. It was um yeah it was a really good learning experience for that part, but uh, I was for me, I would usually be possessing the ball or trying to feed it to whoever was open so that mm-hmm. we could score and get points either on an assist or a goal. Mm-hmm. And so I just took every smart opportunity that I could. I, mm-hmm. I did not force any dumb opportunities. If I knew that if I had the slightest feeling that it wouldn't like happen, mm-hmm. I would try not to do it so I wouldn't cause a turnover. Mm-hmm. It was a pretty big game to like lose turnovers. We were mm-hmm. trying to keep a positive record, so turned out turned out good.
0: Mm-hmm. All right, I think you're not the type of person that likes to brag, like mm-hmm. like at all. You don't you don't like to talk about yourself, um, which which is a good thing. Like kudos to you for that. But we're gonna we're gonna talk about you for a second. What was your And I know, you must know, because if you play in, like, the World Championships, you're going to, you must know how many goals and how many assists you had. Like, do you know, do you know your stat line? I didn't have a lot, though. Can you, no, that's okay. Just go into, like, what, what, what were your stats for the whole games? And, like, if you scored a goal, if you scored multiple goals, which one was your favorite, which ones you remember, stuff like that. Just go into kind of,
1: let's talk about your stats for the, for this tournament. Um, I did not score multiple goals. I scored one, but, um. So that's your favorite, which is awesome. that is my favorite, um. I did have two assists, and I don't even know how many ground balls because I'd be picking them up off the wings for the face-offs a lot mm-hmm. and bringing them down to get the possession, or I'd be getting them off the ground balls from turnovers, from down at um, down playing defense, but that, that's basically my. So <laughs> I didn't have a lot of stats. Who did you, who'd you score against and kind of take us through the play? I scored against uh, Sweden. I was, instead of me dodging behind X for the assist that time, um someone one of my other teammates did it and I was in the perfect window for it and he mm-hmm. did the same thing that I did the first time and passed it to me and I just placed it perfectly bottom left and it just went in. It was the ugliest shot I have ever taken. <laughs> Why my, was it ugly? I was falling at the same time and that <laughs> I was shooting the ball. So it was really bad, but it still went in because I placed it pretty good. So what is it what does it feel like um to to score on a stage like that? Like take take us through that. Um it was scoring on a stage like that is pretty crazy because you you knew you know you just like accomplished something when you're scoring against pretty much people that are like representing a whole country and mm-hmm. something way bigger than yourself. It's it's crazy. It's um it's, it's it like pumps my adrenaline. It mm-hmm. like does everything. It gets me really hype. I don't even it's indescribable, to be honest. It's like crazy.
0: Yeah, I think I think one of the things you just you just uh, noticed there. Uh, said you noted uh was a good segue into th- my next question and probably my last question about playing and then we'll get into more of your traveling experiences what that was like um but you talked about people playing for a whole country about it being bigger than yourself uh there are people i'm sure i'm sure everyone who plays across wants to play you know for their country to yeah. play on that stage there are people like me who will never get that opportunity i was born in the united states yeah. and i'm Average at best, so i I can promise, I can guarantee everyone listening to this podcast, I will not be playing for Team USA ever, 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 ever. Um, and I'm a few generations away from playing for Team Poland, and so I don't think that opportunity will ever, will ever uh, come to fruition. So, what is it like? Um, you hear people all the time when they do interviews, being like, "There's nothing like putting on the colors of your country and like wearing that across your chest." And I, as much as that would probably be my answer too if somebody was interviewing me, uh, because I have you sitting here and you've had that experience, I want to see if you can give us like a little bit more than that for people who, who may never get to experience that or for people who may be listening to this and then in 2022 get the chance to play for their country because obviously I see this tournament expanding and including more countries, which means more new players. Um, so kind of... Um, if all you can say is, yeah, it's, it's exactly like that. There's nothing like playing, uh, in your case, like and having the, the green, red, and white uh, like on your jersey. There's nothing like that. If that's all you can say, that's fine. But if you can give us a little bit more, just because I, I really want to know what it's like to... We listen to the national anthem before our games, but we're playing for our college. We're not playing for our country. I can't imagine hearing the national anthem of your country while wearing that uniform about, about to play for your country. So kind of if you can give us some more... let's see what we get here
1: so for wearing my country's colors and listening to the national anthem first off i be hey my bad um (laughs) i listen to the national anthem and the first thing that happens is honestly i get chills like i start getting goosebumps in my arms Mm. and then um i start thinking of my like my whole family that lives there think about all my cousins thinking about my grandpa thinking about my grandma and I think about all the places I've been in the country. And um, at the end of the song, I, I'm filled with pride. Like, I'm ready to go. It's got mm-hmm. me really excited, ready to play. Um, wearing my country's colors, I was excited to show. Like, I wasn't not trying to show anybody. I was trying to, like, show everyone I could.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, look at me. I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm doing something big. Yeah. Um, I was really excited. Um I called up my grandpa, and I showed him my uniform, and he was—I've never seen him like smile so much. Mm-hmm. He was super proud of me. That was awesome. So I put my—I um, put my grandpa's initials on my helmet while mm-hmm. I was playing, and um, his name is Laszlo Sebor. Um, he's that's a pretty cool name. That's yeah, a that's a
0: pretty cool name. I'm not gonna lie. He's
1: pretty sick. He's <laughs> awesome. Um, my dad is um, my dad's Hungarian, name Shondor Sebor. That's that's a, you gotta cool cool family names like you're you're thank you you got some cool names thank you um yeah but I literally was thinking of them the whole time as I was playing and every everything I did like even the worst things like big things and bad things I literally thought as soon as I was done doing it I was like wow my grandpa just saw that or my dad just saw that or like my whole family basically just saw that on like on TV or Or, or or the stream or other or lacrosse fans in general saw that like you were playing on TV. Yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty awesome. It was, um, it was weird knowing that people were like watching me from, from afar, I guess Mm -hmm. from like from across the world, I guess. Yeah. But it was pretty, it was like knowing that is, it's pretty cool. Yeah. That's awesome. That's, that's exactly the kind of answer we were looking for. That's awesome.
0: Um, one of, the, one of the cool things I think about this tournament was the fact that y- you were in, in Jerusalem, you know, the holy city, uh, all the history that's, that's around um, j- j- just, you know, Christianity. And, and uh, the, we, we've had this conversation multiple times, uh, the other religions that are a part of that. So I just want to really get into what, what was it like? I know every single team had the opportunity. To, to go into Jerusalem to tour that and the games were being played in Israel so that's that's not exactly Jerusalem so but even Israel is historic you know what I mean mm-hmm. so um I kind of want to get into what what it was like touring touring Jerusalem uh, playing with like the Israel like backdrop um, just kind of take us through your travel experiences and some cool things I know we've had multiple conversations which led to this podcast about you going into like some temples and stuff like that and seeing historic sites from like the Bible and from other religions. So I would love to just just hear
1: you talk about your travel experiences and what were were some of the cool aspects about that. So we started off going to Jerusalem by standing on top of Mount Olive, which is a mountain outside of Jerusalem. So you can look down on the city. Down on the mountain is a whole bunch of uh, tombs or it's like a graveyard and everyone gets buried there for um everyone gets buried there that believes in Jesus or I mean believes in God my bad cuz there the graveyard is jewish it's a jewish uh, religious belief graveyard <laughs> i don't know how to word that but um then we went into we went into the city of Jerusalem and it was really cool it was really it was really old and historic so you could definitely tell by all the architecture and it was insane, just, like, it was something I would never fathom of seeing, ever. Like, I read about it in the Bible. I go, to a, I go to a religious church, so I'm basically in a class that I'm, like, learning about where I was almost every day. And so, like, knowing where I was and what I'm doing and where, like, the experience that I'm gaining from it was a pretty big deal for me. Um, It helped me realize a couple of things. It was... I saw, like, how other people reacted to religion and things. And it, like, opened my eyes. So, that was pretty cool. I went inside of um, this one building inside of Jerusalem. And there was a Orthodox side, a Greek Orthodox side, and a Catholic side. And you could definitely tell... How old they were beat by the paintings and like the stone that was being um, used to build the, the building I guess and um, <laughs> but uh it was really old they had a um their way of getting water out of this city was literally just a little like a little path throughout the whole city that just followed down it was like a two-inch a two-inch divot into the ground that just literally went through all throughout the city that was pretty cool to me because like that was pretty that's pretty smart to be built like so long ago and so it was just cool watching people who actually live there like locals going in and doing what they do every day and then watching other people from other countries react to what everyone else sees and like I I could say that it's one of the most famous places in the world because everyone knows about Jerusalem.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like that's where, is is literally the Holy Land. Like that is where Jesus was, or that's what some people believe and stuff. But um, yeah, it was pretty it was pretty uh, breathtaking.
0: Yeah, no man, that's awesome. I um, I think as you know, we both go to a Christian school, and so we we learn about Jerusalem. We learn about Israel. Um. It's it's insane for you to be able to experience that, and not only experience that, but like experience it by playing lacrosse. And I yeah. think I think it's cool to see where our sport is going. That they talked about it a lot. This was one of the first tournaments that wasn't hosted in Australia, the United States, uh, Europe, or I mean, it was in Europe. Yeah. But you know, like in Canada or in like Manchester. Yeah. Um, uh, it, it was cool to see it in Jerusalem, and I think it was awesome to see that. The Israel team, like the host, the host team, they played really well, and I think that was good for the sport, um, because if if we're able to expand it into another country, I, you know, you see Scott Ratliff, you see a lot of players through like String King and through partners with all these different brands go over into into China and into Japan and areas like this, and the teams look good, the players look like they have a lot of skill. So if we could ever get a tournament out there, um, and have the hosts have the host country play really well. I think that I think that bodes well for the sport. You know what I mean? I think I think it I think it'd be a detriment if we had a host country host it and they they played really poorly because you saw like Israel played the first game like every host country and like when you're doing the Olympics or the World Cup the host country plays the first game and and they played really well and they played in the big stadium and it would have been a really bad luck if they would have gotten like smacked or if they would have gotten beat really bad. So I think I think it's just cool to see that it was in Israel, and then Israel plays the first game, and they beat. I think they played Jamaica. I think that was the yeah. first game. Israel beats Jamaica in a big stadium, crowds there, and it, it, I think, it, like I said, it's just it's it's a positive direction. It's a positive step for our sport. And did you get to like what was your interaction like? Um, I know a lot of people when they when they went on the tours, they had they had hosts, um, they had guides, and they went with other teams. Like, kind of talk about that interaction not, not, not on the field necessarily. Talk about what it was like to just be around players from, from different teams. Uh, especially when you're, you're, you're like, you're getting exposed to so many different things. Like you're, you're in another country, first of all, and then you're, you're hearing a bunch of different languages and you're meeting people from other countries who are also traveling and playing lacrosse. So like, your senses must have been on like overload. You're like, I don't know. it almost sounds kind of stressful, to be honest. So like just kind of talk about your interaction. What was it like talking with players from other teams? Uh, and what was it like? No, I just go with what, was it, what was it like meeting meeting uh, players from other countries and your interactions with
1: teams and stuff like that. Meeting players from other countries was actually really cool because everyone supported everybody because like everyone's just trying to grow the game around the world. So no matter like what team you were playing for, everyone supported you. Um, it was pretty awesome, like walking around Jerusalem with certain teams. Like my team went with um, Wales, Norway, Australia, and uh, USA, and just walking around with those guys. Like we didn't really, no one really talked <laughs> at all, but um, like walking around with them. It was, like, crazy because, like, you could be walking around like Paul Rabel and you'd be walking around with one of the greats in, like, in a historic, like, landmark. And you would, like, never – I mean, people go and watch him play, but you wouldn't, like, think that you're at the same turma- uh, tournament playing the same game that he's playing. You know what I mean? Like, and uh, we, we saw – we walked around with Canada – and we we actually practiced on the same field as Canada one day, and it was um, it was just a cool experience like walking around and seeing all the players that I watch on TV on like during the season, like Tohoca. Mm-hmm. I watched I like literally walked by him, I walked by um, Lyle Thompson and all and Paul Rabel and Rob Pinnell and mm-hmm. Trevor Baptiste and all of them and um, yeah that was. That was pretty crazy because like I know that they're all like super good and being at the same turn uh, tournament as they are was just like wow that's that's pretty like that's an accomplishment to me mm-hmm. like that's pretty crazy even though we're not like not the same like level mm-hmm. but like because they were all at the top of the tournament and everything mm-hmm. but still like that's pretty crazy that they're exactly where I am for the same thing like just mm-hmm. trying to grow the game. And get it out there to other countries so that they can start growing the game in their country, and that's all. That's all the lacrosse community really wants is to grow the game around mm-hmm. the world, pretty much. So it's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think it's.
0: I think it's interesting. Um, you talked about not that you were necessarily on their level, but I think you were because it's different than you know. I go to the the national championships every year, and you know you see Paul Rabel, and you see Rob Pannell, and you see the guys from the lacrosse network there, but or by no means are we peers like i'm a, i'm a fan i'm looking up to them like there's something that i strive to be like you know what i mean but with you like if you were to go up and to like rob or paul or any anything like that and be like hey i'm from team hungry like i i want to like can you help me like with this like can you maybe i'm dodging down the alley and like i want to learn how to like dodge with my head up i'm sure they'd see you as a peer and somebody who wants to get better rather than a fan coming up to ask them for their autograph. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I think like, I don't want you to minimize that. You were, I think it's cool that you were literally their peer. Um, you, you were a competition, but you were Paul Rabel's competition. You were Rob Pinell's competition. Yeah. If you guys would have been like undefeated for like 16 games or something, you would eventually play them. Uh, so that's, that's just cool to think about that. You weren't, I mean, we've all played summer, we've all played summer tournaments and we've had cool coaches there. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you might see like one of the Tierneys walking around or one of the con walking around. Um, but like they're watching it and you know you're just not on the same level. But when you're wearing like I play for Team Hungary and then Paul Rabel's wearing I play for Team USA, you're like peers. You're together. You know what I mean? You're yeah. both international lacrosse players. And that's that's just cool to think about for me. Um what is I think I lost my question. I had such a good one trying to explain that to you. Uh, we're gonna try to we're gonna try to get it back here. Um oh yeah, I want you to kind of go into uh, what your living situation was like, uh, the United was the United States team released vlogs um, through U.S. Lacrosse, and so we were all watching that. And we got a tour of like where they were living, and they they call it like kibbutz or k- kabuls or something like that. It was a weird Israeli word. Uh, was it like the same for you guys? Were you treated differently because you were like a lower tier team? And uh, just kind of go into the food, uh, how you were living, like transportation, kind of kind of you're laughing so I'm excited to hear I'm excited to
1: hear what you got for this all right so um, we got set up at this hotel called um the I think the King Koresh and um yeah so we started making jokes later on in the week once we got out of there but um it was really it was actually um it was way different we could just say it was way way different than uh Team USA's hotel (laughs) um it wasn't it wasn't something I would say, like, somebody would, like, volunteer to go there. <laughs> um, the food was really weird while we were eating there because it's all kosher. So you can't eat, like, certain things that you can eat in the U.S. What's, co- what's kosher? Uh, kosher is, like, they can only eat certain foods that go together, like how it is in the Bible. Like, they can't eat certain things together. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure, like, one of the things is you can't drink milk and eat meat or a certain type of meat at the same, it's like, thing. like, my thing. two favorite things. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but, um... <laughs> but then we got, uh... The shuttles to bring us to the games and everything were hectic. One of them was, like... One of them was pretty, uh, late this one time. And then they started pulling up at this whole different spot that wasn't even in front of our hotel. So then we got, um... We got moved into an Airbnb later on in the, um... In the tournament. And that was a big turnaround for us because that's when we started... That's when we started winning, Mm -hmm. So, um, then, uh, once that happened, the Airbnb was actually really, really nice. It was, um, yeah, it was, it was really nice. I would definitely try to stay there instead of the King Koresh. That was so (laughs) bad. That was so bad. But, um, it wasn't, it wasn't horrible because you're in Israel doing what you love. So it wasn't bad. But at the same time, like, it was crazy because... King Koresh is somewhere you do not want to be. (laughs) But, um, the Airbnb was a turnaround for our team because we did start winning. But they also, like, the Airbnb had a, um... It had, like, a game room all the way down. It was three stories, I think. Mm -hmm. It had a game room all the way in the bottom. It had, like, a pool outside on the porch. It had a, um... Or the patio. And it had a hot tub all the way on the top floor. And so, like, we were all, um... We were all really excited when we got out of the uh, King Koresh. Yeah. For sure. Because that yeah. was just... No. That was just no. <laughs> what
0: was wrong with it? Tell us... What was kind of like... It Was it a living space thing where you guys all bundled together?
1: Were there like holes in the wall? Like, come on. You're, you're leaving us hanging here. All right. So, first, they tried to set us up in two different buildings. Like, they tried <laughs> to split our team up into two different buildings. Then, um, some cer- certain rooms smelled really bad. <laughs> like... And other rooms like didn't have Wi-Fi. Like you couldn't you couldn't have Wi-Fi or connect to it. Yeah. Then um other rooms were like, this one kid on my team literally was sleeping on a on a coffee table with a mattress on it, bro. <laughs> no way. Yeah, it was really bad. It was so bad. We we did not believe him until he like took a picture and then showed it all of us on the picture, and we we're like, um, are you serious? Like that's that's actually like here? And we all go into the room and we see him. And we're like what the heck (laughs) and then um yeah the the rooms were just really bad well yeah it's not all of them but (laughs) most of them were pretty bad like we did have a kid sleeping on a coffee table so we did have to leave like it wasn't that wasn't the best living situation for the two weeks that we were there for so then um the the uh what's it called we had this squeegee or whatever it's called when uh, the water gets all on the tile, I'm pretty sure it's squeegee. We had to squeegee the water from our showers back down into the drain. Stop. I'm being so serious. <laughs> and then, um, that was bad, first off. Some people couldn't even fit in the shower because of how small it was. <laughs> and then, um, some, like, some people on our team were actually pretty tall, and they had a duck. Like, to, they said they had a the duck to get their head under the shower, the shower head. But, um... Their their food was actually their food was actually pretty good, but um, that, that was about it. <laughs> the uh, location that the Kinkaresh was in though was pretty cool because we could literally walk straight to the beach, and that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. It was it was in a good location. They just they were their rooms just were um, not the not the best. Not not the best. <coughs> what was it like uh,
0: getting acclimated to the time difference? Um, how many days? Uh, kind of taking through your travel schedule a little bit. uh, Because, I mean, you're from North Carolina, so you had to meet up with the team somewhere. I'm assuming you didn't all meet up in Israel. You must have met somewhere else. Uh, So kind of go through uh, your travel all the way up from North Carolina uh, to getting back to North Carolina, like, two weeks later or three weeks later, whatever it was. And uh, in that, kind of talk about uh, the jet lag and what it was like Um, I don't know when you got there, if you got there like a week before game started, if you got there a day before game started. Um, So like if you were playing lacrosse while you were super tired or if you were staying awake till like 5 a.m. because you couldn't get to sleep, kind of talk about the struggles of being a lacrosse player and having to perform at your best, but struggling with things like time zone changes and
1: uh, like a change in diet and stuff like that. Um, I think we are seven hours ahead of the U.S. while we were in Israel. So, I was up pretty much all night, just on my phone, like, looking at things, what's happening at home. (laughs) And, um, it was pretty funny, because at the same time, I know, like, everyone was looking at their phone, like, wondering what's going on in Israel to, like, see what we're doing. Mm -hmm. But, um, the whole time... I would just be up pretty much throughout the night. I wouldn't really be tired the next day because I'd be used to the U.S. schedule. Mm. I'd just take, like, small naps here and there, especially during, like, before, right before a big game. We would all take, like, a nap in the locker room. (laughs) And we would all just, not all of us, but, like, a few of us would just be knocked out on the floor. (laughs) And then, um, the time difference was not that bad, actually, like, for me, at least. But, um, when we got back, it was pretty bad. I was, uh... I was really just sleeping pretty much the whole time. Like, I could not... Because we just got back. So, I just lost, I guess, seven hours instead of gaining it the first time. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I pretty much slept, like, the whole first day back (laughs) in the U.S. Um, But then, after that, I was pretty... Like, I I got used to it. I was pretty excited about coming back and telling everyone the, like, story. So, the time difference was weird because that was, like, the furthest I've ever been from home. Mm -hmm. And, um... But it was pretty easy to get used to because it was literally just going there was gaining it. But I guess if it was, like, losing it, losing the seven hours while being there, that would have been really bad. Because mm. I would not have been used to, like, trying to gain my seven yeah. hours back. But it worked out pretty good. The the schedule or whatever, the time schedule worked out pretty good. Mm-hmm. It wasn't bad.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, so... Was there was there any funny uh, travel stories that you had for us? Any mishaps with bags? Was somebody missing a stick? Uh, anything like that? I know. I've never been on a plane in my life before, so I don't know. But I know people's bags get mixed oh. up all the time. Uh, it looks oh, like you've got one. It looks I like you got one.
1: Oh, yeah? Um, my buddy, Mark, um, he uh, actually lost his bag in Vancouver. <laughs> and... Um, he was literally practicing with pads that he's never played before. He was literally running and practicing in tennis shoes for, like, a week straight. And then um, once they sent his bag finally to our hotel, it wasn't even at our Airbnb because that was when we switched hotels. It was at the King Koresh. They had to go get the bag from the King Koresh. And then he finally got all of his stuff and he started playing. But at first, he was he was just rocking the Hungry Helmet, and that was about it, like, and I think the gloves, and that was it. He had to wear, every like, extra pads that everyone else brought because, like, the, his um, airline, like, didn't send the bag. He lost the bag. And um, that was really bad. I felt really bad for him. <laughs> um, we all didn't, like, you would think someone would, like, give people crap for, like, running, but we all did not give him crap at all because we all felt bad that he was running in, like, tennis shoes. Mm-hmm. So his feet were getting so many blisters. Yeah. It was so bad. He showed us at the end of, like, the whole tournament, and it looked like his like his toe was falling off. <laughs> it was so bad. And I just, uh, that was it, though, for everybody losing their bag. I'm so happy that mine did not get lost because mm-hmm. that would have sucked. Mm-hmm. That would have been bad.
0: Now, we talk about um how... I mean, both of us are kind of pretty young, you more so, because you're only a sophomore in college now. Um, did you go with any family at all? Did you go with, like, any friends that you knew that played for Team Hungry? Like, what was what was that like? You talked about how uh, originally the plan was for you not to play, and then all of a sudden, like, your parents said you could. So did, did like, your mom and did your dad go with you? Did, did anybody go with you at all, or were you just kind of like, hey, I'm going to Israel and playing with Team
1: Hungry? like what was what was that kind of like what was your support system in that um my parents did want to go like really really bad especially my dad and my and my mom but like i went there by myself but um they i knew that they were watching me and like asking me about it and they asked me to like post things on like facebook because they're parents and stuff (laughs) but i would be posting it on um twitter and instagram and and Snapchat I literally I literally saved everything I posted on Snapchat on my story mm-hmm. so I have like this huge story from like me being in Israel Yeah. Um Yeah, I would get text messages from them. I would tell them like what I was doing and send them pictures. Mm-hmm. I really it they didn't come, but at the same time it was almost like they were there cuz I was pretty much talking to them every day yeah. and I knew that they were watching me. They were just <laughs> like there from afar, I guess. Mm-hmm. But um it was It was a different experience, though, being somewhere, like, that that far away by myself. It, like, helped me grow as a person. Um, Because, like, a lot of people usually, like, go certain places, like, far, far away with their families and stuff. Mm -hmm. But, like, going there, like, I guess helped me, like, start becoming an adult even though I'm, like, 18 and, like, Mm -hmm. or 19 now. But, like, I'm saying, like, you know what I mean? But, Mm -hmm. like, people stop doing things with their parents at 18 because like that's when they start becoming adults and everything yeah so it was like the first big step i did something by myself Mm -hmm. i guess but um yeah i knew my whole family even my cousins and like my aunts in the u.s they were all watching they all were like bragging about me (laughs) like telling their friends like my friend my my uh, cousin plays for team hungry and they're like no way and like they start showing them the stream or like the picture Mm -hmm. like my um my uh actually my little cousin drew wheeler was playing at um brian nationals oh yeah yeah and he was playing and um his mom was watching the games while watching (laughs) me play on the on the phone and uh she was like that's my nephew (laughs) playing right there and uh that was pretty funny that was uh that was my aunt casey and um uncle my uncle uh uncle brad was watching me play too he was doing something else with a different tournament with his other son logan wheeler and um that was funny too because he was doing the same thing Mm -hmm. and then um my brother max and my sister mia were both watching like all they could with my mom and my dad was just watching by himself on his phone and um I, like, it was just funny because, like, they would screenshot the stream and, like, send it to me and say, hey, I just saw what you did. And, like, after the game, I'll have, like, 50 text messages. Like, mm-hmm. hey, I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> like, they'll know exactly, like, what I was thinking during that because they've all played with me before. Like, we all play together as a family. And um that was just pretty cool knowing that they were all watching. Mm-hmm. Just, like, every, like, like I said before, like, knowing every little thing I did, like, my whole family and like the whole world basically saw it mm-hmm. the whole lacrosse community. It was pretty cool.
0: Yeah. No, it sounds like you've, uh, you've got a good support system in your life, uh, which kind of brings me to, we're, we're going to be wrapping up here pretty soon. I've got like a question or two left. Um, but speaking of support, support systems, I wanted to kind of have you shout out some people cause this, uh, the mentioning of you being on a podcast got a lot of love over there on, uh, on Twitter, uh, from, from people down in North Carolina, like your old, I, uh, you know, I always struggle to pronounce this Fuquay Verena.
1: Oh. oh, um, that's Fuquay Verena.
0: So like, is there, so I'm sure, I uh, like we got a ton of mentions and we got a ton of replies saying, I uh, we like, we're, we we can not wait to listen to this. Uh, it sounds like maybe even your coaches are going to like have like old teammates and stuff, listen to it. Yeah. Uh, like some family members, some of our old teammates, uh, said they were going to listen to it. So like. Is there anything you kind of want to say to people who may be listening? You know, like your roots down in North Carolina, some shout outs. Um, just kind of talk to your support system a little bit, you know, maybe give a shout out for, because we got, we got like 15 followers off of you and they're all from North Carolina. Awesome. So I know, I know awesome. there's, I know there's people listening here that w- would love a shout out. So if you got, um, you know, <laughs> like say, Hey, what's up? What's up boys to the, to the, to the FVHS men's lacks because I know, I know, I know they can't wait to, can't wait to hear this. Or the, uh, the Goblins, the Goblins, is that your travel team? Yeah, that's is my that travel, travel team? team. Yeah, man, just talk, talk to
1: them for a minute or two. Um, i like to shout out my, <laughs> uh, everyone in Fuquay, basically. Thank you for uh, <laughs> listening, and thank you for supporting me through this whole, like, big experience going to the World Games and playing there and watching me, and, um, Thank you for helping me become like the person that I am through our uh, Fuquay programs. Thank you um, thank you, mom and dad for uh, supporting me for I think eight years now, eight years of playing lacrosse. Um, thank you uh, uncle Brad for um, basically teaching me everything I know in lacrosse. Um, you helped me start out. You got me a stick when I was really young. I remember playing catch with you and, and Logan and Drew and Max all in the front yard. And um, thank you, Dad, for playing catch with me whenever you wanted to. I knew you were a, a hockey player, but um, that was awesome that you try to like help us, help me and Max grow. Um, shout out to um, shout out to the goblins, everybody uh, down in Fuquay. Um, stay hashtag uncommon. Oh my god! Oh, I saw <laughs> that. I saw yeah. that. Um, uh, Fuquay High School or Fuquay Marina High School. Uh, I know that the orange storm has risen um I hope you guys do good this year um I'll be watching the games I will be keeping I'll either come down for a lot of the games or I'll be asking my mom to uh <laughs> either like stream them or um, I'll just like listen to the score or get the score texted to me but um good luck this year especially to my uh, cousin Logan my cousin drew and my brother max I know you guys are gonna do really good this year. You're all becoming really, really good lacrosse players, and um, do good in school though too. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. um, thank you very much for all the support and all the love. I love you guys. Thank you. All right, one more question before we leave.
0: You got you got everyone hook, line, and sinker now. Now they're all feeling good and emotional. Um, what's what's been your biggest takeaway from from this experience? What's the thing you're gonna look back most? Uh, you're gonna look back on most you know, when you're, when you're old and washed up and not playing lacrosse anymore, like I'm, I'm getting to that age pretty, pretty soon here. Uh, when, when you're looking down the road, what, what have you learned through this process? Whether it's, whether it's traveling alone and realizing you're more independent, whether it's playing at a higher level and realizing you can compete, whether it's just realizing that finding good support systems are important. What's, what's been your biggest takeaway from, the t- 2018 World Lacrosse Championships in Israel?
1: Um, the biggest takeaway for me, I would say, is this was a pretty big, like, event and experience to be a part of. So, and, like, every, every team you're a part of, I guess, is something bigger than yourself. And, like, once you realize that it's bigger than yourself and you're a part of a team and you try to be, like, a part of a team, a good teammate and everything, that betters you as a person. I know it bettered me as a person being a part of this team. It definitely showed me um, that, like every team in the past, has helped me to get to the, the national Hungarian team. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, like I said, once you once you realize that like the teams that you're on, no matter how big or how small, like once you realize that it's like bigger than yourself. Like it will, it will change like your perspective and everything.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You try to be everyone's friend on your team. Once you realize that, like you try to have their back no matter what happens on or off the field. You leave everything that happens on the field on the field. Like once you get off, you you should all be brothers and still like help each other out no matter what happens, no matter what's said or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, that. That was pretty much what my big takeaway was to, like, realize that I should be there for everyone that was there for me. Even, like, even if I don't like them in the beginning or something, like, mm-hmm. you should still be brothers and, like, like figure it out. Because, mm-hmm. like, you guys are a part of a team now, and that's mm-hmm. something way bigger than you can, like, mm-hmm. really imagine.
0: So the championships, the championships taught you about, you know, being a better teammate, uh, finding, finding unity in bonds you know with teams through the sport of lacrosse yeah all right awesome well Alex Siever Hungarian national team sophomore at Ohio Valley University thank you for coming on we're gonna see you in the 2022 world Games in Canada
1: hopefully yes hopefully all right. yes all
0: right say something say something in Hungarian um, sign off. say goodbye in Hungarian <laughs> um
1: ciao. Sebus Um, said it like ciao thank you for having me Austin Um, and uh, go Scots go Scots (laughs) alright thank you everyone for tuning in this has been
0: Everything Lacrosse with our man Alex Sieber once again don't forget to subscribe to our podcast follow us on all of our social media platforms thank you all again for being the best fans out there